seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. My name's Christopher Brown. Foxy Brown from 1974 is almost certainly far more influential than any of the critics at the time who reviews it would think it would have been. There's a few reasons for that, but probably most notably is uh, the central performance by Pam Greer, who uh, creates a character who is herself described as a whole lot of woman who uh, is able who drives a an exploitation revenge vigilante story through about uh, a woman who uh, loses her boyfriend to a uh, to murder um from some drug dealers infiltrates the gang and commits her vicious revenge the film was Another collaboration between herself and writer and director Jack Hill, who had been having success with American International Pictures. This success was based on a, a numerous kind of um, movies that, in fairness, uh, utilised, uh, shall we say, uh, Pam Greer, uh, showed how, uh, how strong and, and attractive she was, but also um, kind of provided some exploitation Frills. Foxy Brown does the same. It's a, a fun movie, but one with a quite dark uh, mo- few moments in the middle, which might have been why it uh, drew attention. Certainly, the the use of sexual violence is uh, is some, always something that will uh, grab the eye of the censors in the UK. But as I said, the reviews at the time weren't that positive. Um, Foxy Brown came from a line of films created for Jack Hill for American International Pictures and starring Pam Greer. And I think maybe fatigue of what they uh, were trying to do was uh, starting to show. That didn't necessarily fit its box office, though. For a $500,000 budget, the film made $2.46 million. And as I've said, its influence has been uh, seen through, uh, through pop culture through the years. When Foxy Brown comes to town, all the brothers gather round, cause she can really shake them down. Foxy lady, Foxy lady. Pam Greer, that one chick hit squad who creamed you as coffee, is back to do a job on the mob as Foxy Brown. You tell me who you want done and I'll do the hell out of it. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. She's crazy. There's no telling what she'll do. She's sweet brown sugar with a touch of spice. If you see a man anywhere, send him in because I do need a man. And murder if you don't treat her nice. Sounds like a public menace. Sure do. Foxy's got guts. No ifs, ands, or buts. I better warn you, I got a black belt in karate. And I got my black belt in bar stools. 
she won't budge when she carries a grudge. I want justice for all of them whose lives are bought and sold so that a few big shots can climb up on their backs. Sister, I think what you're asking for is revenge. So there ain't no hope for dudes who deal dope. I swear, baby, I don't know what you're talking about. We're gonna kill ourselves a couple of niggas. No fear, Pam Greer is here as Foxy. Foxy Brown. So, Pam Greer plays the eponymous Foxy Brown. She is a woman who is seeking revenge after a government agent boyfriend is shot by members of a drug syndicate right on her doorstep. She's able to link the murders to a modelling agency, and this is a, in a very loose term, uh, run by a guy called Steve Elias, played by Peter Brown, and his girlfriend, Miss Catherine, played by Catherine Loder. They uh, use their influence uh, and their uh, attractive women to uh, influence and uh, manipulate judges, congress, congressmen, and police in the area. All of this creates a, a vacuum in which they're able to push their dope Through some pretty grim trials, Foxy is able to get the upper hand and uh, commit her revenge, uh, no doubt much to the joy of the crowds. So Jack Hill, who's the writer and director, was born in LA uh, and um, initially started out as a set designer and art director for First International Pictures, and Warner Brothers. So he's actually, he actually worked on The Jazz Singer, Captain Blood, and Action in the North Atlantic. And he worked as an architect as well, designing the centerpiece Sleeping Beauty Castle at Disneyland in California. He also was an expert in music, playing the symphony orchestra that performed the soundtracks of Dr. Zhivago, and uh, kind of maybe um, indicating where, more where his head was within the exploitation world. He also arranged music for burlesque performers and met Lenny Bruce through that. Indeed, his daughter, Kitty, would act in Hill's 1975 film, Switchblade Sisters. So Hill went to work with Francis Ford Coppola on several of the director's early movies, including the film The Terror. He eventually kind of got roles uh, working on um, films for um, for AIP. Most notably, probably Spider Baby from 1967, which he wrote and directed. And uh, directed Pit Stop in 1969 as well. So Spider Baby, kind of a notorious kind of end of the old school horror film before, you know, if we turn around and say Night the Living Dead, as we've spoken about before, kind of kick-started the change in, in, in how horror was seen. Spider Baby's kind of the end of the old process from 67. Pit Spot, Spot, no, Pit Stop, fantastic action film featuring a Sid Haig, who also appears in Foxy Brown as a pilot, actually. But in that one, he is, uh, you know, using the uh, Mad Cap 
figure of eight racing uh, style to uh, to show like a, with a story about a, a man and his vaulting ambition. By the early seventies, he was very he was kind of working in the um, Filipino film industry, uh, and he worked on the big bird cage, the big doll house with Greer before moving back to the US and worked in 1973 Coffee which is very much a black exploitation film in a very similar vein to Foxy Brown and the year after Foxy Brown from 1974 as we said um, Pam Greer was um, kind of discovered as it were, for, by uh, by um, supposedly by Jack Hill, she was working on an American International Pictures and on the, the switchboard, and uh, Hill saw her and decided to cast her in his Women in Prison movies, The Big Dollhouse in seventy one and The Big Bird Cage in seventy two. Now, while under the contract in AIP. She became a staple in black exploitation films, playing these kind of big, bold, assertive women, which is notorious for Foxy Brown. And that started off with the, the Jack Hill film Coffee, where she plays a nurse who uh, seeks revenge on drug dealers. The, um, the films were sold very much on Greer's strength, like physical and psychological um, presence. I suppose. Indeed, she was uh, sold in coffee as the baddest one-chick hit squad that ever hit town. It was heady in terms of the fact of, you know, sex and violence. And indeed, that is, again, used in Foxy Brown as well. And uh, Greer is considered to be the first African-American female to headline an action film, as the protagonists of previous films, such as Truck Turner, which Foxy Brown was co-billed with, were men and women were kind of a, on a sideline as well. Indeed, Greer subsequently played numerous versions after Foxy Brown, including Sheba Baby and Friday Foster from '75. As black exploitation kind of eased off, she surprisingly changed into different roles, working in films like Fort Apache, The Bronx, and Somewhere Wicked This Way Comes. She appears in, and then she kind of goes to TV, showing up here in things like Miami Vice and Crime Story. And it kind of had a resurgence, I think it's fair to say, appearing in Jackie Brown, the 1997 Quentin Tarantino film in the starring role. These are this and John Carpenter's Escape from LA, are films that uh, nod uh, Greer's past, um, kind of affectionately pointing out the, you know, the, the legacy of her work as, you know, a strong female star. Indeed, it's this kind of um, central role which kind of, I wouldn't say muddies the water, but kind of does kind of make you consider there are some complicated elements. So, obviously, in terms of the women, you know, the, the feminism um Foxy Brown as a character is an extremely positive character. However, 
And it's fair to say that the, the film, as being an exploitation film, has no issues or qualms with also kind of being a bit seedy. And it, it is. I mean, in the middle of the film, she's there, the character is dosed with heroin and taken to what they call the farm where she is molested and there's an off-screen rape um, by two middle-aged white guys, you know, hicks, effectively. Um, and that, it it goes on for a long time. I mean, it, there's a lot of that in the film. And I suppose from an exploitation film point of view, bearing in mind previously, we've been talking about the films like The Big Bird Cage, which are very much, gra- you know, women in prison grounded in that kind of stuff. Um, you do get the release of seeing her commit her revenge in one of the more spectacular deaths in the film. But at the same time, um, you know, you, you, you get through, you see a lot of that stuff before you get to the payoff. And the film, I think, is, is badly placed from that point of view. It, you know, it's very easy to create a, a strong female woman, female woman, a strong woman who is able to, um, overcome obstacles and hurdles for her revenge. In this case, you know, the love, the love of her life being killed. But, it's a shame that it's grounded in, you know, what effectively is a mini rape revenge moment in the centre of the movie. And despite the criticism of that, though, Foxy Brown is a, a, a course labourer for a heroine who um, fights and gets revenge. And indeed, she, the character and the phrase Foxy Brown and, and a lot of the terminology that's used in that, in, in it as a, you know, black exploitation way is, um, is still seen as positive. She almost certainly redefines what, uh, you know, a, a nature of, um, of sex, of, of femininity and, uh, of, you know, what a strong woman can do. And, um, and obviously, you know, as well, the benefit of that being an African-American actress. Greer herself said, The 1970s was a time of freedom and women saying that they needed empowerment. There was more empowerment and self-discovery than any other decade I remember. All across the country, a lot of women were Foxy Brown and Coffee. They were independent, fighting to save their families, not accepting rape or being victimised. This was going on across the country. I just happened to do it on film. I don't think it took any great genius or great imagination. I just exemplified it, reflecting it to society. So for Greer there, we can see uh, somebody who is uh, looking at herself, reflecting the changes of the society around her. Greer's characters, therefore, are women that are able to stand up for themselves and do what they believe is right. Indeed, the ending of the film is not the uh, the big brawly shootout that you would expect. Um, instead, what she goes for is something slightly different for her overall revenge for the people that have wronged her. And I think that, in, again, shows a different kind of power and a different kind of um, strength, something that is beyond just um, going in guns blazing, which is what we might have seen from, a, uh, from the writing for, you know, for, for, for a male protagonist. Of course, you can flip that to the other way. 
Although the characters at the heart of the film are white people exploiting the African-American community through drugs, selling drugs, um, you can um, also see it as, you know, stereotypes about violence, drug abuse in black culture as well. Um, Probably most notably seen... Uh, from the Antonio Vargas character, um, who is uh, a sleazy drug pusher, really, who kind of does what he needs to do to get by. And um, it's, it's not a, a sympathetic uh, portrayal by any stretch of the imagination. And of course, you could criticise that while Foxy is doing what she needs to do to get the job done, she does because she, she just pose herself as a prostitute. And um, it does also, therefore, uh, indicate uh, an objectification of womanhood and of black women in particular. So we can see a a variety of different viewpoints there. Um, From my own point of view, I mean, you know, um, I think it's certainly very true for when we look at uh, just black exploitation generally and... uh, And these, this and coffee in particular, um, I think we see uh, positives certainly um, in terms of how these, uh, the particularly um, numerous black characters are portrayed through the through the film. Um, and while not everyone is a, is a good guy in the film, then you know, um, you know, you can equally be critical of the movie's use of, uh, of vigilantism. Um, Nonetheless, I think there's still moments here that uh, show a, a fondness for, uh, for for the culture, and, and indeed, by we can be critical of this. Which, let's be brutally honest, it's early seventies uh, film as much as we want to, from a from a from a twenty twenty point of view. But the reality is that Foxy Brown uh, certainly had provided a a, a place for. Strong black female characters in the mainstream, and that stays onwards now. Anyway, the film Jack Hill apparently was really not meant to actually direct Foxy Brown. Apparently, there was um, some tensions um, with American International Pictures. Um, AIP wanted to uh, Hill to be involved in a different produ- production. Hill had walked out, said it was rubbish, and AIP said they wouldn't work with him again. However, as with all things, Coffee made a lot of money, so they thought we can make another one of these, and they they, they changed their mind. So, see, Foxy Brown was originally intended to be a sequel to Coffee, um, and used the and had the indeed when it was being made was was called Burn Coffee Burn. However. AIP decided the last minute it didn't want to see to do a sequel. So just before um, filming started, they 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 made some changes and indeed um, they weren't sure whether it was going to be coffee, if the character's going to be coffee or not. Obviously, coffee was a nurse, so they just basically torpedoed any elements in terms of what she did for a living. She seems to be this wild kind of on her own, does whatever she wants character, and that's partly because they didn't know what to do. Now, when the film came out, the reviews, despite its success, uh, well, they would have known its success at the time, would they? But the, the reviews were not great. So uh, the New York Times said that Greer was in a rut, and this this was 
these films were fast becoming boring, almost certainly because this came out literally the year after Coffee. Variety said the film was a bit of a mess, that there were gaps, and um, the I think they kind of they alluded to, although they didn't specifically say that this black exploitation stuff was feeling a bit corny. And indeed, you know, although they they they, they pointed to the fact that Greer was good, I'd like to see her doing something else now. So that was kind of the idea that you know stop making these kind of films. Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune was fairly um cold on the film um basically saying that you know and querying the the idea that you know although there's a lot of female empowerment in this you know how much of that is masking the fact that they're just selling Greer's body again which is something that's been happening for a few years by this point and of course the reality is that um with two films quite closely put together, um, Foxy Brown was um, unfavorably reviewed against Coffee, which obviously you know is still fresh in the viewers' minds. But as we said, you know for, uh, the film goes on to become hugely influential, generally to black exploitation films, um, but also um, the Greer character is is seen as um, an archetypal character for this genre and for for films generally um and is mentioned in numerous different films whether that be you know the the clear reference from for jackie brown through to films like i don't know austin powers and as i've said the film provides a strong independent woman at its heart and i think regardless of what you think about the shit, the tonal shifts, particularly that scene on the farm, or you know, your general if you've got any general misgivings about black exploitation at all, which you may have, I don't know. Um, that central character, and, and entirely due to Greer's strong performance, um, does provide something, something else, something more, and I think that's worth um, holding up as a as a good thing and you know Foxy Brown she she chased the, the pimps and the pushers and uh, it didn't in a, in a film that made them out to be the bad guys and I think that's probably enough um, to kind of see it possibly in a slightly more favourable light When Foxy Brown comes to town all the brothers gather round cause she can really shake them down Pam Greer, that one chick hit squad who creamed you as coffee, is back to do a job on the mob as Foxy Brown. Sounds like a public menace. Show do. A chick with drive who don't take no jive. She's sweet brown sugar with a touch of spice. If you see a man anywhere, send him in because I do need a man. And murder if you don't treat her nice. Have no fear. Pam Greer is here as Foxy. Foxy Brown. Rated R. Anyway, thanks very much for um, for listening. If you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is virginastypodcast.gmail.com and get me on Twitter at orange underscore monkey or you can go to the website, the last horror podcast or virginastypodcast.com 
uh, and leave any messages there. I hope you're all doing well and well in yourselves and everything's kind of um, going as it can, as well as it can um, in these uh, rather trying times as we are, uh, certainly in some countries led by idiots. Um, next week, uh, we're back on the, on a slasher tip with a happy birthday to me, uh, which uh, if you cast your mind back all the way to Madhouse, uh, which was, oh, well, well in season one of, of this podcast, um, you'll, I think we referenced this as a, as a film that has bare similarities, but uh, was, was made you know, independently. Uh, certainly wasn't any cribbing going on, should we say. So um, until then, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film